0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Tennessee, and Virginia. Windbed is now live in all these states. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sports, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now, or visit w y n n to start winning. On today's episode of The Pride Podcast, we have our Detroit Lions versus the Los Angeles Rams final review. We're going to talk about the game in more details, and we're also going to crown this week's Oopsie Doopsie and Baller of the Week all in episode 204 of The Pride Podcast.
2: Blue With
1: the seventh pick. In the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell, tackle, Oregon. Well, he's gonna run it straight in! Jared, go! gets yes. down, Detroit Lions! DJ Hawkinson! Yes. They did it! They tied it! They're an extra point away from winning this
0: game! Oh, baby, how big
1: is that? <laughs>
3: Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode two oh four on the Blue Warrior Network. Today's episode is going to be sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. I am your host, Tyler. Joining my guy, as always, Pierre. No, welcome with a step, Pierre. How are you doing today on this uh, Monday night? I'm
4: doing great, man. I've had a good day. How are you, Tyler?
3: Doing well, man. It's been a good day as well. And I want to talk about our sponsors very quickly, just very quickly, because they're offering a very nice incentive uh, that you guys could take advantage of right now. And I recommend to take advantage of right now. So our promo code was PridePod. If you deposit $10, you get $10 back easy, right? You know, and that, that was a good deal from the start. Our, our boys at underdog are exceeding expectations now, and they're willing to match up to a hundred dollars. So if you, if you put hundred dollars to underdog as your first time player, you will get a hundred dollars back from underdog Fantasy, So go take advantage of that promo code pride pod. I mean, this is free freaking money. Um, so I, I definitely yeah. recommend going to underdog fantasy. They're willing to match up to a hundred dollars. So take advantage of that if you haven't signed up yet. So, uh, our sponsor underdog, we love you and you guys gotta go check them out now. So,
4: and then you must be 18 years or older, 18 years or older. So, yeah.
3: So yeah, some people, you know, have the expectations just 21 or older. It's not sports betting. It's fantasy app. So, take advantage. All right. Let's talk about Detroit Lions, Los Angeles, Rams. Here, what would you pick up from this game? Uh, I know you guys talked about it after the game on Sunday, right after the game. But, you know, you you let it the day process. Yeah. What's the takeaway? Positive, negative? What's what's the main takeaway?
4: The main takeaway is – Dan Campbell did everything in his power that he could do to win this game. And shout-out to the special teams coordinator, Dave Phipp. They converted an onside kick. They converted two fake punts. Um, the defense, I thought, also played well. shout out to Aaron Glenn. But the offense, man, is just... I don't know how to say it. I just don't think they trust the quarterback,
3: Tyler. I don't think they trust Jared Goff. I think that's a fair criticism right now it's just it it just seems like it's just kind of getting repetitive now every single week it's like you know defense is playing their tails off every single week and the results might not always show every week i think the results kind of showed this week i thought they just did a very good job versus an obviously an electric los angeles rams offense i mean they essentially eliminated the running game away from the los angeles rams and you know we've obviously had matthew stafford we know he could win games without a running game but we've seen what Matthew Stafford in Los Angeles and in Detroit, very small samples as what he could do with a running game. And I thought Detroit did a very good job of holding a pretty solid running game. Like I know their running game is not as good as people maybe projected to be. And they lost cam Akers before the year, but I thought they had a solid running back in Daryl Henderson. I think that Sony Michelle is a solid backup to him as well. And, they were essentially non-factors in this game uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. And it really came down to, you know, um, Stafford in, in that passing game kind of, you know, beating you. And overall, the Lions had some crucial stops, getting a, a quick three and out for the second half. And, you know, they, they did a lot of things right. This was, a you know, this is something that Dan Campbell alluded to as well. It's like a, a, a team you can't really make a mistake to because they're so freaking talented. If you make a mistake... You know, they're going to capitalize because they're just such a very good football team. And I think they are what they are for a reason. I mean, they're a Super Bowl contending team for a reason. You just cannot uh, make the type of mistakes that the Lions did. And it wasn't like they had many mistakes like in previous weeks. They really didn't have that many mistakes. It's just small ones like. You know, the fourth and one, um, you know, people argue, should you kick the field goal? I was okay with going for it. I think just the play call and the, the this urgency to rush that play was a, a bit off. You know, I, I think I'm there's just, just small stuff like that, you know, that that just really kind of lost you this game. And it, it was going to be a tough game any way you put it. it, even if the Lions played a perfect game. I think it really just came down to talent. It wasn't really the way that the Lions coached this game. I really think it's just the Los Angeles Rams, are a better, talented football team than the Detroit Lions. I think that's really what it just came down to this Sunday, honestly.
4: Yeah, I'm with you there. And, like, you mentioned the little things, like, for example, Swift and Goff on a miscommunication in week that's seven him. or whatever. Was it week six, week seven, whatever it is. Um, Goff throwing it to a right guard, right? Not taking the sack, throwing a pick there. Or not throwing it out, throwing a pick. It's just a little small things, a stupid penalties, right? You had some holding calls that got called back. Some of them were questionable, to be honest. But I mean, you can't have the the margin of error for this team is very very small. Like if they make an error or two, it's like they already lost the game. It's because the talent on the team. is It's, it's it, the talent, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: No, you just don't have the same amount of talent, especially when you're playing a team like the Los Angeles Rams, because they right. are just such a good football team. But I, I want to get into this really quickly, and I talked about <sighs> this. In the pregame versus the Bengals. And I think I talked about it a little bit in the postgame versus the Vikings. It's getting to a point. We are one game before the bye week. We played the Eagles this week. We're one game before the bye week. and The Lions are still winning. They're 0-7. But I, I, I'm not trying to sound hypocritical because I know we didn't expect many wins. And we didn't expect to have a good football team. I'm not saying that. But I'm not even criticizing Dan Campbell because it's not his fault. But we're getting to a point. We need to win a damn football game we need to win a damn football game just just for everybody, man. Like, I know these guys are still fighting their tails off, and they're not giving up even when they're 0-7. And it feels like they're not a very talented team. I know they're not giving up. It's just – it seems like there's going to come to a point if they don't win a football game. I mean, it, is it fair to say they could crack eventually? Like, like, I mean, the locker room could crack a little bit. No, I, mean, I don't I'm, think not, they'll I'm, say, crash. I'm not saying they're going to lose trust in Dan Campbell, but – I think we we all need a win right now. They just need some reward right now because when you're fighting your tails off, not just on game day, it's just throughout the week in practice and, and you're fighting every single day and you just keep coming up short. I mean, what else could the Lions have done this week? Two fake punts, an onside kick, and you converted on all three, went three for three, and you still lose a football game? I mean, it's just like, what else? I mean, I know the talent's not there. And I'm not, I I know that. I, I've known that for a while. It's just... yeah. What else could we do now? Like, like what are what is going on? What well, you have to down. do,
4: Tyler, and this is hard to say because the quarterback is like a turnover machine, you have to take care of the football. You have to take care of the football. And the Lions just haven't done that. Jared Goff had two picks yesterday, I believe. Um, I don't know. You can't have the stupid holding calls, the stupid penalties. When you're, like, in a third and three or third and four, you're back to, like, a third and 10 or third and 15, whatever. Or second and three, second and four. You know, like, you can't have stupid penalties, and you can't have turnovers. You have to be more disciplined, and I feel like Campbell's doing everything he could. Now, I don't think he'll ever lose to locker Room because... I don't
3: either. I don't. Campbell
4: either. himself has been through no 0-16 season. He has a player with the Lions, and he also told the guys, like, he's been through the good times and the bad times. He knows how it feels like, and he wants them to be pissed off. He wants to be angry because no one likes losing. Fans don't like losing... The ownership doesn't like losing GMT. No one likes losing at all. Players hate it, especially players. Like, you got to think about it. Imagine working your ass off Monday. Through That's Friday. what I'm saying. That's what I'm Recovering. saying. Recovering. Okay. You go into Sunday, you lose. Oh, shit. We lost. Back to work. Right. Yeah. Then you do it again. The players are probably mostly more frustrated than the fans are. And no. rightfully so. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, they work their asses off, man. Like, Oh, no,
3: you know, I, I think the fans perspective is I think they just look at it they just look at it as, like, hey, this is good. This It's good that we're losing games now because, you know, that that means we're going to get the number one pick. And, like, great. The number one pick is is absolutely great. And, I like, that's what I hope we can get at the end of the year. But I am not willing to get the number one pick to go 0-17. Like, we need a number one pick. And I know, that, like, from a fan perspective, like, it doesn't really mean much if they win a football game. Like, I, I understand right now. Like, it's just we're 0-1-7 right now. They win a football game. W- what does it matter, right? It's when just. You, yeah, you
4: know. when you look at their upcoming schedule, there are a couple winnable games. Um, will they win them? I don't know. I think they'll get at least a win or two. I really do. I don't think they're going to go 0 17 No, um, I, I, I don't either. I don't either. A spoiler alert. I, I think I have a winning next week. I'm still looking at the Eagles, but I'm leaning towards a win next week. But we'll see. I'm still I, studying them a little. Um,
3: I, I hope, man. We need a win before the bye. <laughs> I mean, this I'm is still our looking chance. at. I uh, briefly looked at the Eagles. I haven't really
4: dug into it deep, but I think we have a chance next week.
1: Detroit Lions football is finally back, and there is no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Detroit Lions tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that all the other ticket sites charges, which let them guarantee the best price on all the NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you find a better price for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in your purchase price. So if you're headed to Ford Field to watch your Detroit Lions take on the Philadelphia Eagles, then TickPick got you covered. Visit tickpick.com slash pride podcast today to save $10 on your first order of your Detroit Lions tickets.
4: Um other than that though let's get back into this game. Um you were right the Lions held the LA Rams to 19 carries for 47 yards. So they they completely stopped the run. When they stopped the run obviously the they had to throw the ball. Then once AJ Parker went down which he's going to miss some time according to Campbell. Um that's kind of when the Rams offense took like I want to say like a bigger step. They they started to they just attacked Daryl Worley. And it seems like once he went down, it was kind of over, sort of.
3: I thought the defense still did a solid job even once he went out. Like, obviously, they were picking at Daryl Worley, which was right so. But, like, it just never felt like the game was over. And, I mean – at the end of the day, that's, like, what you really ask for in most of these games. I mean, that's what we asked for before the season. That's why I'm not trying to sound too hypocritical right now. It's just because at the, before the season, was, like, I wanted to see them to compete every game, even if they don't finish. And it's all about the player development. And that's yeah. still all true, right? That's still all it true. Is. But I I expected at least one win at, at some point during week one to week seven. I didn't know wh- where it was going to come, but I did expect at least one win. And that's why I'm a little more, you know harsh and i guess pushing more towards this narrative that we need a win just because we haven't got it yet. if we got a win right now and we saw that type of game and loss came up short i wouldn't be as harsh as i am right now it's just we really need a win right now like really badly just for everybody in that locker room yeah. they deserve it right now
4: absolutely um another thing too we, we talked about these younger guys developing i thought su played really well um he did matt nelson Jonah Jackson, I thought, played well as well. Uh, also, I think Will Harris maybe at his best game as a Lion.
3: Yeah. He, he We've
4: also, been, like, really critical of him, and it seems like he's improving. Even last week, he was he's kind of, like, getting slightly better every week, and that's nice to see out of
3: Will Harris. I'd say someone else was getting better every single week, who's, who's always had potential and always been, like, very solid for the team, Tracy Walker. I think he's just coming more of a lock at that free safety position week yeah. in and week out. I, and I feel like every week he's dropping the hammer, at least on one play. Like he's yeah. always getting at least one big play now. And I think something that was very encouraging in this game, and I feel like we can never bring up this set in a positive way for the Lions. And this was very encouraging first, especially a uh, high-powered offense like the Los Angeles Rams. The Lions won the time possession in this game.
4: Yeah, they did because those fake punts and stuff a lot helped them keep the ball more. Um, yeah, also jerry jacobs man we talked about in the post game show you were in there yeah but this kid has a future here
3: no he's been really good man i i've I've been talking about him a little bit and i think uh, a couple post games no i mean he's been very very good for this football team he looks legit um i I think he's our best coverage corner right now on this football team i think he really is right now i I think you know he's playing some good football and he's had some tough tasks In in these games, I mean, last week in Cincinnati, it was Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T Higgins, three really talented receivers. They come into this week, didn't really match up with Cooper Cup all that much, but you got guys like Van Jefferson, Robert Woods, you know, Cooper Cup, like I mentioned. So, like, like they have, you know, like, he's not versing some bums right now. He's not versing some practice squad players. He's going against some top tier talent in the NFL right now. I mean, arguably, the two top guys right now in the NFL, Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase.
4: And Jamar Chase destroyed marlon humphrey yesterday i know the Ravens' star cornerback yes. so it's very encouraging to see jerry jacobs not really struggling with chase yeah. then you see marlon humphrey just get destroyed by him i'm not saying that humphrey that jacobs is better than Humphrey. i'm just saying no i'm just no. saying, no, yeah, I'm no. just saying it's, it's really encouraging to see jacobs as an undrafted kid with only like a couple games under his belt to yeah. do what he what he's doing
3: I think someone else who has really impressed me, and he's not a young guy, so like his development is obviously not as important, but Alex Anteloni. I mean, this, this guy, since Jamie Count has been out the doors, his, yep. his game has just increased mightily. He's been really good for this football team, and he's been an anchor as far as being a leader, and I understand now why he's got that captain patch. I mean, outside of a little injury he had in that in that Rams game, He's played every single snap on defense for this Detroit Lions defense. And he's just been a true anchor, a true leader for this team. He was a perfect veteran signing, which we were criticizing. You know, we will admit when we're wrong. We were criticizing. We're like, is Alex Anzalone's like belongs to start? And, you know, when we were talking about these first couple of games and when they brought him in, no, he's proven why he's starting right now. He's proven why he's not missing snaps and he should be on that defense. Alex Antoloni's been a phenomenal player and a phenomenal leader for our young linebackers like Derek Barnes, who we believe is the truth and will be a starting linebacker for this year for a long time. Reeves Maven having a little more increased role in this defense. I think Alex Antolone has just been a nice staple, nice veteran presence for this defense. And, you know, I think it's really shown up these last couple of weeks as far as the defense improving every single week.
4: Yeah, it has. And he also said he's having Derek Barnes say the play because he's training. He said, this is going to be like your spot in a couple of years. Yeah. He's basically training Barnes.
3: He's the perfect leader for this team right now. He's a
4: great leader, yeah. I think, I mean, him and Tracy, I think you have to potentially look into resigning both of those guys.
3: Yeah, I They're both that.
4: relatively young. I believe Anzalone's 27 and then Tracy's only 26 years old. So they both kind of fit in your timeline.
3: Yeah, and as far as a depth chart thing, like you have no linebackers under contract outside of Derek Brown's going to next year. And if, if Alex Andaloni could take like what he was on the saints, wasn't a full-time starter, you know, he'd be a nice depth piece. You can, you know, move him around put him in the lineup every here and there. If you do need to start him, I think he could be a nice piece for your team. And it's not a guy that will obviously, you know, cost the bank to, to bring back as well. So, and he's very familiar yeah. with the system and with the running because obviously he has connections with Aaron Glenn yeah. of, um, Him being in New Orleans with him and obviously right now in Detroit. So he, he's been really good. And one more player I want to shout out on defense, uh, the other Aquara, because he now he, he deserves yes. a name now. So Julian Aquara, man. Uh, every week now. In these last three weeks, this is something that we want to see. We said before the year, we want to see who are going to be our building blocks going to 22, going to 23. Who are going to be those guys that you could build your team from? I think Julian Aquara – Week in and week out is proving that he could be one of those guys. Is he a starter? Maybe not. But could he be a nice rotational piece where, you know, you could put on third down and he can get some pressure? Absolutely. He's been phenomenal for this football team ever since, you know, the tragic injury of his brother. But, you know, I think if Romeo was to go out and for anyone to take a spot, I think he's happy that it's his brother, Julian (laughs) Aquara, you know, that's shining in this moment right now for Detroit.
4: Right. Uh, Thing with Aquara is man, like he didn't we, we don't know what his forty time was, but you could see the speed on the field. Some offensive linemen have trouble keeping up with that speed. And you saw it yesterday, I believe was it on Woodworth or Havinson? I forgot who it was I think on. It was on Woodworth. Woodworth?
3: Yeah, believe I mean,
4: Woodworth is like he's he's a veteran. He's actually playing really well this year. Yep. Woodward just couldn't deal with that speed. Yeah, it's, it's nice to see you acquire. I've been tweeting out like the past couple of weeks of has get more playing time to get more playing time. They finally increased his playing time. And I think those stats
3: are going to continue to go up. He's also improving as a run defender as well. I was just going to say that, you know, I, I think we always knew the raw potential. Julian Aquara is why we were always high on him. And like, I know we don't know his official 4010, but we knew he had speed. We knew he has every. Yeah, every- we know has every athletic tool in the game. It's just, right. could he develop a pass rush move? Could he develop to be a true pass rusher? Could he contain an edge? Could he go back to coverage? Which he did technically at one point. He <laughs> got a breakup. Didn't he turn did. his head around. Didn't know he did. But he technically did. You know, but th- those were the questions. What could he do with this raw athleticism talent? Because, frankly, at Notre Dame, this is why I hate Notre Dame more than the rivalry with, you know, the state of Michigan. Notre Dame doesn't develop talent. They do what's good for them at the time being in college. As far as NFL development, I hate it because they did not develop any pass rush move. It's like, hey, you play in a terrible division, a terrible conference in football. Just use your speed. You'll get to the quarterback because frankly, in Notre Dame, that's going to work in the NFL. That's not going to work. Uh, but I think what the Lions have done with him, and I think I give a lot of credit to um, just the Lions defensive staff in general. You can start with Todd Walsh, uh, Aaron Glenn, Kevin Shepard. Yeah, he's working. John, yeah, way. everyone who's involved in this development right now, um, you know, they're developing more pass rush moves and and developing him more as a legitimate edge rusher, which is huge for this team because, like I said, I always knew he had the athletic t- athletic tools to be a good football player. It's just right. could he develop the moves to be that guy? And I and you know, he's making me slowly but slowly convinced that he could be that guy that could you know be legit.
4: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you nailed it. Also, was, what was encouraging to see is, like, guys like Deshaun Cornell had a few snaps. Not not a lot, but a few. I think with him, though, with Kevin Strong coming back from IR soon, and then um, I, I don't think you could keep both of them, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll see if the Lions, what do they decide to do there? I think it's going to be a little competition for those interior spots. You also got Eric Banks. He's been, like, a healthy scratch basically every week. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Lions do once Strong comes back, and Cornell is good. And,
3: yeah. Yeah, I mean, this Lions defense overall, it's just been very encouraging throughout the years. And I know the numbers are not going to show it, but I think you're just seeing a lot of good traits. And it's a lot of good traits that's going to lead up to good football when these guys are in good positions as far as maybe getting off to a lead on the offense or you know, just being in better positions to win football games. I think you're seeing some really good traits out of these defense, and then that's a lot of credit to Aaron Glenn and his whole defensive staff, and it's very encouraging that a lot of them are coming from these young guys, man. Like, we just mentioned Jerry Jacobs, A.J. Parker, Derek Barnes, Julian Aquara, Levi Onzerike, Ali McNeil. Those guys have all been productive for this team. Will
4: Harris. I mean, he's, he's getting better.
3: Yeah, Will Harris. You know, I think the jury's still out on him if he's going to be a future piece or not, but, you know, it, yeah. you know we'll see. Tracy Walker, like, these are all young guys trending up, and that's just that's a that's a nice sight for the Lions, and, and you know going forward and, and building this team and Brad Holmes seeing what he has to see uh, go, going forward and um, you know building the rest of this football team. But and then even like the limited snaps we saw to Malafanu, I was impressed. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Yeah.
4: So and he's they're hoping he could come back towards the end of the year, which yeah. he needs those snaps because he's a he's a rookie. He needs as many snaps he could get. So I wouldn't yeah. mind him coming back.
3: Yeah, no, it's not like one of those guys where you just hold out just because your season's right. over, you know. You, I mean, right now, let's I mean, like we said, the wins and losses are not important right now, even though they really need to win. Uh, wins and losses are not really important right the now. Development it's more, is. it's uh, all about the development, and, you know, he fits in that category. Like, you're not going to – I'm not – I know this is not possible, but I'm saying if Romeo Quarter was, like, somehow eligible to return, you probably just don't rush him. You probably just sit him out for the rest of the year because you know what you got in Romeo Quarter Or, like, a Frank Rag. Now, if, if those guys were eligible, let's say – you probably just don't play him because you know what you got on them. But a guy like Efatim will, I think that makes sense, you know, to bring him in yeah. and, you know, let him get some, mm-hmm. you know, critical uh, defensive snaps. All right. We talked about the positives, and this seems like to be like the positive every week. That's why I like to talk about the defense first. But <laughs> yeah. let's get into this Lions offense, man. I think there was more positive this week than obviously the Cincinnati Bengals game. But we'll just see from this Lions offense from a, a negative and a positive standpoint.
4: Uh, a negative standpoint is they don't really have, or they don't, they don't throw the ball down the field and defenses are starting to notice that, right? Defenses are playing soft zones. You're not going to throw over the middle. Like we dare you to throw it over the top because they're just not. So defense are not even respecting Detroit's deep ball. And I don't know why you would, because Detroit really takes a shot down the field. Um, Their biggest play came on a screen pass of the year, right? It was a screen pass to DeAndre Swift, and Swift took it to the house.
3: I got a question, I, for, you. Got a question for you. Who do you blame that more on? Do you blame it on the quarterback, play caller, or the head coach?
4: I think it's a little of everything. First of all, they don't really have the most talented receivers, right? Yeah. Um. Second of all, I think the quarterback— I, I mostly blame it on the quarterback, but I think it's just a little over everything. The quarterback is, like, he's scared to throw down the field. You could tell. Like, he's not comfortable doing it. I don't know why. Um, we see guys open all the time, and he doesn't throw it, so then he just checks it down. So, mainly the quarterback, but also I think there has to be a level of
3: trust with those receivers, and I don't think Goff trusts those receivers either. It's just, like, when is that trust going to come? I mean, we're two months into the season, at, at this Sunday. Yeah, I had a whole training camp. It's not like these guys were injured and they miscamped or they missed several weeks. Like, and you know, we're just right. throwing guys from the practice squad. I mean, th- these are the same guys outside of Terrell Williams being out and uh, Quintess Cephas. I mean, Khalif Raymond's been here all through the process. Amon am Brown has been here throughout the whole process. Tom Kennedy's been here throughout the whole process. Like, I mean, Jaron Wileson has been here throughout the whole process. Like, It's not like we're just throwing guys from the practice squad and saying, hey, go play football. Like, you know, you don't really have <coughs> much chemistry with them. I mean, when is that going to come or is that just never going to come uh, throughout the season? I, I just don't understand. One thing that was shocking, Amon Ross and Martin had zero targets. I know.
4: Um, that's, that's not acceptable to me. It's just not. You have to get your playmakers involved, and he's one of those guys. I don't know if Goff trusts him or he does. It seems like Goff, like he only trusts these three guys. It's Raymond, Swift, and Hawkinson. doesn't seem like he wants to throw to the other guys. I mean... Allison had two targets, zero catches. Hodge had one target, one catch. Fells had one target, one catch. Then Bobby Price, obviously, from that fake punt from Jack Fox. So it seems like Goff doesn't really trust the guys he has. It seems like you only trust a couple of them.
3: I mean, I got, shout out to
4: Raymond. He balled out. But
3: I got, I got another question for you, Pierre. This is a joke. But Jack Fox or Jared Goff at quarterback? Who have you seen
0: more from? <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, all jokes aside, though, I think Fox, like, he throws a nicer ball than Goff does. Like, just the way, like, the spin <laughs> on the ball. You're joking, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, like, you know, like, he's obviously joking, right? But, like, I had to actually question pure joking right now because Jared Goff has been that bad. Well, Goff's I, seems like
4: Goff, um, Goff has uh, regressed as a thrower. The, like the way the ball comes out of his hand, sometimes the ball—it's—it's it's like so wobbly. Sometimes it's not really on a spiral. It's very, it's very ugly to see. And he's not even putting like a lot of strength into his throws. I know. Um, I know. It doesn't look good, and defenses make it easier to pick off when you do that. Yeah, but you got to put some power into your throws
3: a little. I think Goff's question making or decision making, I should say, has always been questionable. Like I think that's always been a knock on his his like his career so far in the NFL. I think. What's kind of got him this far and what's kind of made him successful, which, you know, you know, leading to Super Bowl, obviously you don't just go to the Super Bowl, you know, just being there. Like he had to do some things right. And right. I think even Fox, they were displaying some of his numbers. I'm like, damn, Jared Goff was he was really good, like statistically in 2018. But, you know, I, I think the decision like making has always been questionable, Jared Goff. I, I think like you said, it's just like I don't know what's wrong with him, man. It's like his arm is just not the same. Like he, he was taking shots back then. Like he, he used yeah. to take shots. Like I mean, I know he's not some gunslinger, like a Josh Allen or a Matthew Stafford or Mahomes or anything like that. I don't, I understand that. But like, I, this is just a, a completely different version of Jared Goff, And I just don't know who to blame. Is that on me? I mean, is that on Anthony Lynn or is this on him himself? Just not having confidence to sling it? Cause I mean, there are some plays where the lines will have receivers downfield and they'll be open. It's just, he misses them and or if he takes that shot, yeah, he'll miss them too. Like, you know, it's not the decision making has always been questionable and then you know, the accuracy is just not there anymore. I feel like he, he used to be accurate and just everything is regressed on Jared Goff significantly. Not like a minor drop off. It's been significant drop off for him.
4: He's playing with no confidence. You could tell. He has no confidence right now. And also, like like I said, the trust was users but like even yesterday, I believe it was like it was in a two minute drill, I believe it was like third down. Hogson is wide open near the end zone, and golf throws it out. Yeah. was it third down?
3: You know what play I'm talking about? Yeah, I know I don't know what down it was, but I know exactly what play you're talking about.
4: Hoggison was wide open, probably would have been a touchdown. Yeah, he doesn't see him and he throws it out. Like it's a little things like that that like bother me. And the miscommunication was swift, right? I don't, whether it's on swift or him like that this shouldn't happen in week seven or week six or whatever week Week it was. seven yeah week, week seven. seven this stuff needs to
3: be like if it's week one week two week three i get it okay it's that's fine. what i'm saying it's just like it comes to a point it's like dude i mean we have to start like criticizing this for legit like we we have been i mean to be fair since week one but like i'm saying it's like it's really put up or shut up time for jared goff it's like what are like when are these mistakes gonna turn around like like you said like it's okay, the first couple weeks, because everyone's adjusting back to the NFL. It's, it's right. back, right? But we are now about to be two months into the season, and it's just – it's gotten worse, I would say. I mean, at least we saw some signs, like in the Green Bay game. We saw Jared Goff have a really good first half. In that Baltimore game, I thought he had a, a very solid second half. Like, it, it's just regressed. I feel like we haven't seen, you know, solid football from Jared Goff probably since week three.
4: Well, Tyler, here's the thing with him, right? Like, as a year six quarterback, last last week, he throws it out on fourth down. Yeah. Which is really stupid, okay? This week, he throws it to a right guard. Again, really stupid. Yep, He doesn't see Hawkinson for a touchdown. It's like these little things add up, though, because I don't know how to say this. They just... It's like every week we see the same mistakes or different mistakes happening, and we shouldn't be seeing these with a yeah. with a veteran and quarterback, your six it, quarterback.
3: And they probably don't look as crucial as like when you're watching the game. It's just like you mentioned, they add up as the game goes on. It's like, hey, remember that? Like, what well, what if we got that play? Like, you mentioned, uh, you, like we're we're erasing touchdowns now. Like t- even in the Cincinnati game, remember uh, that one pass that Jared Goff just uh, he overshot T.J. Hawkinson. That was a touchdown too. Yeah. So yeah, he's
4: he's uh backup. also throwing the pick in the end zone, right? Take the sack or throw it away. Yeah. But you cannot throw that pick. Jalen Ramsey knew that ball was he was just waiting. You you could see it. Like if you go watch that play, Jalen Ramsey's like, I'm getting this thing. Like it's yeah. going here. And he got it. Um it's just at some point, man, you just have to look in the mirror and say, I I got to play better. I have to be better. I mean, his, this is his career right here. Is he a quarterback, or is he just going to be, like, one of those, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Chase like bridge yeah. Keenums, yeah. Bridgewater? You know what I mean? Yeah. Just kind of be a backup, high-end backup, low-end one kind of thing. That's what it seems like his career is heading towards. Seems like he's so heading towards, like, like,
3: head like,
4: towards. like a Ryan Fitzpatrick type of career.
3: Yeah. No, yeah, I think you're right. And it's like, I know we, we criticize the receivers just because there's not really many talented receivers, but – The offensive line, you know, they've had their struggles this season, but I think it's been more plus than negatives this year. And I I think what they did on Sunday versus a very good pass rush and arguably, not arguably, the best interior defensive lineman in the NFL and and maybe the best interior defensive lineman in the NFL history, that's bold. But, uh, you know, Aaron Donald, I mean... I don't think that's bold. Yeah, that's interior. I mean... I mean, in my time, at least I think in our time, he's definitely the best interior defensive lineman we've ever seen. Uh, yeah. But I mean, overall, the Lions' offensive line, what they what they did on Sunday versus a good pass rush, phenomenal, man. I mean, they really were Kawhi all game till the very end. I would say, you know, with. Uh, with the aaron donald getting to pressure the, that word jerk off through the interception and something else i loved and you guys know i'm a, I'm a Panay sewell fan huge Panay sewell fan come on man Panay sewell bossing <laughs> up to aaron donald
4: yeah dude Panay sewell doesn't take shit from anyone um he also i saw a tweet he also likes to talk a little shit on the field he's not as quiet he's like a little like yeah. bad boy i saw a tweet called, referred to him as a bad boy. i forgot the tweet it. it was pretty funny but like you want those guys, right? Those are like your kneecap biters, quote-unquote. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah.
3: I was, was going to say, I'm not trying to be cringy or cliche right now, but he's no, a kneecap no. biter. He's a kneecap yeah, he biter. Is. Yeah,
4: he is. And um, so is his teammate from last year. He could be uh, He could be on the Lions, maybe. Jayvon
3: Thibodeau, he's a kneecap biter, too, that kid. Ooh. Uh, uh, what about his uh, his brother, uh, another Oregon, Oregon duck? His brother is a sub. I don't think he's eligible to enter this year. Oh not oh he's not eligible this year. I thought he was I don't eligible. think so. I think he's a sophomore. He's been really good this year. I'm not, sure yet, not trying to get too off topic, but he's been a very good linebacker yeah. for the Oregon Ducks this year.
4: So. Yeah Sewell and uh Thibodeau have
3: been really good for the Ducks. Maybe uh in the 2023 we have got two first round picks. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we'll get the Sewell, we'll have the Aquar Bros and the Sewell bros. And I can't <laughs> I be on Thibodeau on that D line. Oh my so,
4: God!
3: Get, get, get everyone from from freaking Oregon. Everyone from Oregon Ducks yeah, <laughs> you get all, you get all their top talent. But, no, but no. Uh, for
4: those for those that don't know. Brad Holmes was actually because the Lions played in L.A., so Brad Holmes actually went down to Pasadena, not too far from L.A., and he watched Brad or he watched uh, Thibodeau play this
3: played, week. Played uh, Cal, right, or UCLA?
4: It's UCLA, UCLA, yep. yeah.
3: So yeah, he had a good game as well. So you know, <laughs> you know. I, I I know we're not trying to get too far into number one pick, and I just made a whole rant saying we need a win. I want the number one pick, but I want to win at the end of the day. So we'll see. We'll see see how it happens. Um, Okay. Um, So we talked about the Lions offense. Jared Goff, Jared Goof, whatever you want to call him. Still stinks. Panay Sewell, nice bounce back. Very good week. I believe zero sacks. Uh, Receivers. You mentioned it, Khalif Raymond. Big day for him on Sunday.
4: We didn't really talk about Swift yet.
3: Yeah, no big day for him. I thought Jamal Williams too. I don't know what his stats look like, but I think just getting those gritty yards, I think he did what he was supposed to, what he's being paid for to do. You know, he was getting those big gritty yards, and um, you know, I, I think that was really good. Actually, I want to talk about one more thing. Um, so we, we talked about it a little bit. I know you're a big aggressive guy, but Dan Campbell kicking an outside kick, two fake punts. What's your thoughts on that? I love it because
4: look, you're basically thinking like, man, we cannot give these, if we give these guys the ball. They're probably going to score on us. Like, he's being honest. He knows how his team team is. We're going to go into this game. We're going to give us our best chance to win. And if we convert these, this is our best chance to win. Mm -hmm. Look, the thing is, they still convert these and they still lost. But he gave you the best chance to win. Yeah. And I I honestly love it. I don't know how you feel about that. But even if he didn't convert those, I still wouldn't criticize it. Because those give
3: you the best chance to win. They honestly do. No, I mean... For this certain matchup, I won't criticize it. Because, you know, I'm, I'm i i am aggressive, but I, I have a caution with aggressive. Like, that's just always been me. No, but, like, this type of game, I'm all in going full in aggressive because balls to the wall just because when you're playing a team like the Los Angeles Rams on the road, you're a heavy underdog. No one's giving you a chance to win. I'm all down for catching the team off guard as much as you can. You know, and, and that's fine. I think when this team gets better... I don't think Dan Campbell has to do these type of stuff. I don't think he's going to have to kick an outside kick in the first quarter and catch him off guard. You know, maybe you do it like once just like, you know, for the hell of it. Right. But yeah. I, I, th- I think once you come a better football team, you won't see stuff like this. Um, but for this type of game and you know, that's how they, that's how it all it is. You know, Dan Campbell's not looking in 2022 at uh, what he's going to be coaching in 2022 or what he's going to be coaching in two weeks from now. He's looking at what's going to give me the best shot to win this week. And he thought with, gave him the best shot to win this week was to be aggressive and, you know, catch the Rams off guard and own the time possession and, you know, just kind of keep the Rams offense off the field. And like you said, he did all those converted all three for three and still come up short. I mean, it's demoralizing. It really is demoralizing. You do all that and still lose a football game. I know you're a heavy underdog, but just very demoralizing, but No, there's no knock on uh, Dan Campbell on on the game. I think the only knock I think we mentioned as well was just that fourth-and-one call, and he blamed it on himself as well in his press conference, was we were not necessarily against uh, going for it because even if you kick the field goal, yes, it it was the lead, the nineteen seventeen lead, but when you're playing a team like the Rams, you need touchdowns. You need more than a two-point lead when you're playing the Rams. So I was okay with them going for it. I think when you have a quarterback like Jared Goff, though, and – the running back that was on the field that was Swift at the time I would have if you're going to run that ball I'd rather have Jamal Williams you just bring your best guy uh your best running back for that type of situation right and I, th- I think you got to also look at the personnel you had as well you don't have Frank Ragnow in the middle anymore I mean haven't Brown and Frank Ragnall is a significant difference at the center position if you have Frank Ragnow that maybe works but I think you got to look what you have on on paper as well and, and just see what's maybe a better play call cuz I thought that was just it was just too rushed. It didn't seem like they even really gave it thought. It was like they snapped the ball, and it wasn't really catching one, end and it went off guard as far as the Rams' defense. So you
4: know, Tyler, here's a thing about Evan Brown, though. He was the best center pass blocking this week. Pass blocking, um, yeah. zero sacks allowed, zero pressures, first among centers in pass blocking. But like you said, right now is a more powerful dude. He's a more like a Muller. This guy is more of a pass pro guy, but. I was shocked that the Lions didn't really run as much towards the edges behind Sewell and um, so yeah, Sewell and Nelson, Yeah, I, I was surprised because we talked about in the pregame show, me and Malcolm, that their edges are not really strong at defending the run. Yeah, they yeah. had Floyd. It was Clark. Leonard Floyd, and the other side it was I think Tyquan Lewis. I want to say or something like that. Terrell Lewis. Terrell Lewis. Thank yeah. you. Terrell Lewis. Bam- yeah. Put the kid out of Bama. Yep. Um, I was surprised they didn't do that as much. And another thing is, on that fourth to one play, they basically had an undrafted tight end basically run from the other side of the field and block, which is asking a lot. Yeah. That play was not not the best play call. I thought Um, he
3: had a solid game, though. Brock Ryan, his first NFL game, um, stepping in for no Jason commitment. I thought he was solid today. I mean, I was solid on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just stepping into the role. Had some nice blocks. But no, I, I understand for sure. But all right. Let's get into our oopsie-doopsie and ball of the week. Here. Yeah, you're finally getting your green light back. Ball of the week. You know, you haven't done this in a couple of weeks now. Do you, remember yes. this? Do you remember all this goes?
4: Yeah, ball of the week is Dan Campbell. Okay. I like he it. Did, he did everything he could to win this game. Um, I love the decisions he made in the game. Just that fourth and one call, but you're not going to be perfect in the game. And he gave you the best chance to win. Yeah.
3: No way. Dan Campbell, Baller of the Week. And you said you have some co-guys, but Dan Campbell's the main Baller of the Week. But who are your co-guys?
4: Um, what Khalif Raymond did was really impressive. And then also uh, DeAndre Swift. Swift is like, he's getting better and better as a receiver every week. His running still needs some work. Yeah. But as a receiver, he's kind of getting to the Alvin Kamara level. He,
3: is, he really man. is. I know. His, uh, his vision is getting better week in and week out as it well. Is. You know, he's just he's just taking the game a little slower and just, you know, really processing what's really going on, looking for the holes. So, yeah, no, he, he's really good, especially as a receiver, man. You mentioned it, He's getting to the Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, not as a runner yet. He's not there yet. But as far as a receiving back, you know, I, I think he's one of the, the, one of the more top guys in the NFL right now as a receiving back, like you said. All right. Uh, let's get into the oopsie-doopsie of the week.
1: Oh, boo-hoo. Let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin.
3: Uh, for this week's Oopsie Doops of the Week, honestly it was a really tough one. I'm not even trying to be funny right now. I know Jared Goff was not good and um But it it was really hard because I thought they really showed up for their coach. I think they really showed up as a team in general and they really tried to do everything right to win this game. If I had to give one to the Oopsie Doops of the Week, I got two guys, um, it it was tough though. I'm gonna give it to Daryl Worley. It just in the in the limited snaps that he played, just were, were, were brutal. Once AJ Parker went out, it was brutal. Yep. And then the second guy was. It's okay. Jerky. You could say it. I'm gonna give it
1: the jerk. <laughs> I'm gonna give it the
3: jerk. <laughs> year, man. Jerk. I feel bad, man, because you know, it wasn't his worst week but it wasn't a good week. It's just like, I I'm comparing his other weeks, which were so bad. And I feel like it's just like, you know, it's like comparing the garbage can to the recycling bin. Like he wasn't garbage, but he was more of like a recycling bin that game. You know, just, <laughs> he was a little better. Like, yeah, you're doing better for the environment, but like, you're still not, you know, it, it, we still don't really think much of you. So I, I don't know. I'm going to give it to Jared Goff. Um, and Daryl Worley, so that that's my oopsie doopsie of the week. Daryl Worley, there's really no explanation. I don't know if he's uh, going he to he be, be on this football, football team. team. I, mean, I just, don't even know if he's going to be yeah. on this football
4: team. <laughs> Honestly, I want to see what Nickel Robbie Coleman could do with AJ Parker this time. I'd I'd start Nicole Robbie Coleman. i don't I'm not a fan of Worley. They say they like his versatility, but he wasn't good at safety. He wasn't good at nickel, and he's probably not good on the outside. Just cut him. Like, let the young guys play. The guy Shakur Brown, right? The kid out of Michigan State. They got Mark Gilbert. They signed from the Steelers practice squad. Jared Worley, just get that guy off this football team. Let's see what these young guys could do. Shouldn't be much of a difference, to be honest.
3: I think it's possible. I mean, we're recording this on a Monday night. I wouldn't be shocked by the time this is dropping. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some roster moves as far as that. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, Jared Goff and um, Joe Worley will be the oopsie-doopsie of the week. All right, uh, Peter, you got anything else to add on this game? I know there was actually some small news local in Stenberg. We didn't mention the he's on IR, so he's going to miss at least three weeks. And then you mentioned it. We mentioned it throughout the podcast. AJ Parker is expected to miss some time. I don't know if that's going to be an IR stint, but he's expected to miss some time. So, um,
4: oh, yeah, uh, Taylor Decker suffered a setback last week. So it's unclear. Yes, this week is his last week for a chance to come back. And honestly, if it was me, I'd leave him on IR.
3: I'm going to leave that for either the pregame show or the live show. Because I, I want to get to more extent to that. But we don't have enough time here on this episode. So I want to either do that in the pregame for the Eagles. or Just we'll say, like, show. say,
4: would you bring him back? Just say yes or no.
3: I don't know. I mean, I don't know how, how serious it is. I mean, if he could play, I want to see what him and Sewell could do. Yeah, but, like, I think, like, you're going to
4: bring him back, right? You're basically going to what – what Sewell has done these past couple weeks he's going to go back to the right side – And um, we could tell he obviously wasn't comfortable in the preseason on the right side. He just wasn't. Um, So you're going to ask him to go back to the right side. And then obviously Decker, we know what Decker could do. He's a really good left tackle. I think maybe just let this play out with Sewell at the left side. And then don't... Because, bro, if Decker comes back, like, he's not... He's he's a really good tackle, but it's not like he's going to... He's not a difference in winning the football game or not. Like, he's not like... How do I, I say think,
3: it? I think he gives you an upgrade over Matt Nelson, definitely. No, he,
4: absolutely. Matt Nelson is not good. He struggles. But no, I,
3: I know what you mean. And like, you know what much, I mean? Like, Decker, how much is a tackle? Decker doesn't win you football
4: game. games. Decker doesn't win you football games, like, alone.
3: Yeah, him alone. Okay, I was going to say him on the team wins you football games. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. I'm saying, yeah, like – like. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, just bringing Taylor, be- Taylor Decker back doesn't mean you're going to all of a sudden win a football game now.
4: Yeah, like, if, I had to guess, if I had to guess, I think they're going to shut him down, but we'll see. Because they shut down Ragnow. They don't want to risk it with him. He got surgery. It was a smart idea to do. And we'll
3: see what they do with Decker. I don't know, man. I, I, I just, I, I'm i really more curious what they're going to do with Panay So That's a real important question. You- so they
4: did say, Sewell did say, like, the other day when like Decker, first week of Decker came back. Strange he throwback. said while he's playing at left tackle, he's also been practicing at like he's been like preparing himself mentally and practicing like on the right tackle as well. So if he Decker comes back, Decker's gonna be the left tackle. Sewell's gonna be the right tackle. That's that's what at least what they said.
3: Yeah, Um and that's fine. It's just it I, won't, I that's fine. I'm I'm completely fine with that. I'm I'm just saying is like. I want Panay to then develop to be a right tackle. Like, Why are we doing this at left tackle at this point? Like, I know he gives you a better shot to win football games at the left side, but if he's going to be a right tackle in the future and you expect him to be the right tackle for the next 10 years, I know I said I was going to save it for the pregame show for the next game, but I, I'm going to get into it now. Why are we just not doing that now? And Because we, we mentioned that development is more important than wins right now. And he is, in my opinion, the most important guy you have right now.
4: Tyler, I think he's a future left tackle of this team. I think in the offseason, they're gonna ask Decker to switch to the right side. That's just my opinion. That's what okay, I think is gonna if happen. That happens, but we'll see. We'll yeah, see. Because yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, okay, okay. And you if can that tell, ha-
4: man, Sewell is getting better and better every week.
3: And, and if he's, that ha- if that happens, throw away exact throw over everything I'm saying right now. Because that then this this doesn't this conversation doesn't even matter anymore. Because if Sewell's a left tackle, these snaps that he's getting right now are important. He's developing to be a good left tackle. Great. But if the plan is that, and the plan was when you drafted him and the plan is still right now, it's put him at right tackle. And he's not playing right tackle at all this year. I think that's just a huge, you know, loss of development, a whole year of lost development. When you just yeah. had to play left tackle, you got to make a decision. Do You want him at left tackle, or right tackle. If he's going to play right tackle, you can't play my left tackle the whole year. That's just my opinion.
4: And then here's the thing. Now, if Decker, see, Decker might not. Decker might say like in the offseason, like I don't know exactly. Maybe they'll keep him at right tackle. But I'm guessing it's gonna be left tackle. Now, would Decker want to play right tackle? We don't know. Um, We don't know. So, this is like something to monitor in the offseason. Obviously, the stuff is gonna get interesting. But it's. I think it's a little maybe too early to talk about that because if Decker does come back, Sewell's gonna be on the right side that's at least what they've said. Maybe they'll switch it up, but that's I kind
3: of just want to see it, though, you know? Like, I, I want to go into the offseason maybe having more of an idea of what's going to happen because if Decker comes back at the left side and Sewell's the right side and, and everything is all well, I think that's the best case scenario because then you figure out both your tackle positions and you don't have to worry yeah, about it. for sure. But if Decker doesn't return this year and Panay Sewell's at left tackle the whole year and then we're having the whole question who's the left tackle going to the year to go into 2022, that's just... I don't like that, I, and I think that's a a huge opportunity loss of development if Sewell can just go back to right tackle. Okay, but just say, seventeen games at left. Okay,
4: tackle. say they keep Decker on IR. Say like he's he's still hurt. He's not ready to play, right? Yes. Okay. Obviously, this is the final week to tell. We'll see this week. Yes. But say he doesn't come back, and say Sewell just every week he's just like his game is going on another level every single week. Yeah. So then you go into the offseason, your lines be like, do we really want to play him at right
3: tackle? We just did this at left tackle.
4: I mean, these are tough decisions for them that they had to they have to make.
3: Yeah. I mean I've been a big proponent of keeping Sue at left tackle. You know, that's always been my guy at left tackle. But I, I'm I'm looking at for whatever the best case scenario on this offensive line. If that's Pinet Sewell at right tackle and Taylor Decker at left tackle, that's fine. I just want more of a plan in place and I want to know what kind of what we got going right now. So Right. I don't know. I, I I want to see it first before I, I get into that, and I don't want to wait till the whole offseason for that. So if we can get it this year and and these t- these games left, the half season we have left, I'd prefer that. So I want to see Taylor deck and Penesol together.
4: Yeah. um Also, let's bring up the little thing. So we have we're starting a kind of like a draft show during the season, guys. It's going to be an extra episode we're recording. We're going to rec- talk about um, some QBs, top ten picks. Maybe some wide receivers we're going to start with that and then slowly we'll talk about other positions but we've noticed a lot that a lot of you like the draft talk so we're we're going to release an extra episode about college football and we'll also release um some underdog picks as well
3: yes sir yes underdog picks on college football and yeah like pierce said not even just day one picks we're gonna maybe get into some sneaky guys some sleepers that could be throughout the draft so Stay tuned for that. I know you guys love draft talk, and we're going to get into it a little bit earlier just because, you know, Lions are, you know, where they are right now, and they can only talk so much about what's going on in the field right now. So, yes, we are planning to do a draft show, maybe not this week, but maybe towards coming the Coming soon. Coming yeah,
4: soon. It yeah. should be up like within like a, a week to three weeks, I'll say. It's coming soon.
3: I would say the bye week is probably our target right now. Don't quote me on that because I could change, but the bye week is definitely the target right now. Yes. With that being said, go to Underdog Fantasy, use promo code PridePod. They're matching up to $100. I used to say $10 back. Nope. I mean, you can get $50 back. You can get $100 back. You can get $58 back, like Pinay Sewell's number. You can get that much money back as long as you deposit and use promo code PridePod. So definitely go use that. Go uh, use the pickums, the over under, the rivals on some NBA actions some NFL. Whatever you like, NHL, hockey, whatever you like. We got World Series baseball coming up. So go take advantage of uh, of that promo code right now, PridePod, once again. And leave a 5 star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. It's always much appreciated. And with that, I'm signing out, guys. Peace. All right, guys. I'm out. Peace.